This is a podcast for the dreamers, a place to feel nourished and seen, a place to call in our highest path possible and to explore our desires, hopes, wishes, and dreams. I'm your guide, Emily Elliott. Welcome to The Magnetic Life. Hello, and welcome to episode 31 of The Magnetic Life. I'm here today with Dr. Laura Hughes. She's a coffee lover, recovering external validation seeker, retired academic, and naturopathic doctor with a proud bridge between spirit and science in her work. She is a believer in humanity and an expander of possibility. Her work shines a light on all of the things we were never taught at school, but should have been, in order to create a thriving life and planet. Fueled by Mama Earth and her beautiful medicines, she's here to usher in new paradigms of health and leadership. She has taught thousands of people all around the world how to demystify their body and accelerate their wellness goals through the power of essential oils. You can find her barefoot and beachside in Toronto, Canada, where she runs her holistic health and life coaching practice, creates the Earthling 101 podcast, and wrangles a new baby alongside an international pack of rescue animals. Oh my goodness, you are such a good writer. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. It's always fun like when someone asks you to write your own bio or send your bio and yeah, anyways, it's, and then they reflect it back to you. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I know stuff. you're raising a good point because in the podcast world, we have an option to pre-record the intro and then, you know, do that later. But for me, I love being this mirror for people like, guess what? You're so cool. <laughs> so reading it is my joy. And I always like to start every episode with how I first um, encountered the person I'm chatting with today, how we first met. So Laura and I met at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. And this is so funny. We were actually um, put as partners for the physical exam class at our school. And I mean, we did the thing we had to do, the ears and the eyes and the heart checks and all the things. But I could tell our hearts were not into this. We would kind of get through it just so we could talk about the sun and the moon and astrology and nature. And it wasn't potentially an early clue that both of us would not be staying in this profession. So that's uh, something that links us up is um, our shared interest of the natural world. And we both chose to deviate from our naturopathic past. So that's it's my so funny memory. to think about that. Yeah, especially because like I vividly remember that it was second year, and you're you know they want you to wear your white coat and your stethoscope, and you bring all your equipment, and they lock you with your partner in like a real treatment room, and then we're kind of in there just chit chatting, and then it's like, oh, I guess we better here take my pulse. So when she comes in, we can tell her that right. Yeah, <laughs> we, really... we were good. We we eventually got it. And we like when we like treated patients, we we knew what we were doing, but right, yeah. it felt so. Um... There was something about it all that was just off for us. Like we are very intuitive and, you know, we learned the skills we needed to learn, but the whole way it was done was for me, in all honesty, a little sterile and electric light. And that's why I had trouble focusing in that container, right? So Mm -hmm. it's funny, these early clues. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
sorry to interrupt you. That's why I love your podcast because you have such amazing conversations with people just who are giving like the audience permission to maybe do things in a different way or think about things in a different way. And I think that was such an amazing thing about our partnership is because a lot of it was just giving each other permission to be like, is it okay that I feel like this? You know, should I keep going? You know, am I weird? Because everyone else is super excited by this. So, you, you know, we kind of found each other and could reflect that. So that's why I love you've kind of like amplified that. Oh, thanks, Laura. That's so sweet. And, you know, something else that's super valuable when you choose your friends really deliberately in life, if we look at our history of friendship, there is a pattern of elevation. So, for example, you showed me the Toronto beaches. I would never have gone there if you hadn't said, hey, want to come chill by the water. Um, you know, let's go spend some time in nature, do some yoga. So that was an elevation for me because I was in a part of the city that was making my nerves electrocuted. And then vice versa, I think that I actually introduced you to a world of essential oils. You which, did. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. My gosh. I never made that connection. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. and that's, I did make it, but like in this moment, now it's just a different puzzle pieces clicked. Oh my God. I'm like so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just so cool to see that when we surround ourselves with people that have similar values. So some of ours is growth that might not be the same for other people. It could be community. It could be ease, whatever it is. Um, you just play this dance where you're continually excited to elevate each other. And I know in my friendships, I feel so so, 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 so good. We are genuinely excited when each other's doing well. It's like, you know, I don't feel those pinges of jealousy or whatever, because I'm like, you can do it. I can do it. We all can do it. And there's that, that vibe there. So yeah, that's my, my snapshot memory of our early connection. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. So Blake last night, I said, Um, you know, Dr. Laura Hughes is on the podcast tomorrow. We'll be speaking on the topic of epigenetics, transforming your health. And, you know, him being the joker he is, he said, oh, um, can I submit some questions? And I said, sure can. And he said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, bracing myself. (laughs) What what is epigenetics? (laughs) So why don't we start there? Um, Tell us what an epigenetic is. Yeah. So it is a study of how our environment, our lifestyle, um, like our internal environment, our external environment, our lifestyle, our behavior impacts our genes. So a lot of us are taught that, or a lot of us maybe aren't taught, but just, you know, here via the news or, you know, general science that, you know, your genes might be causing health problems in your life. Oh, I have, you know, I'm scared of getting cancer later in life or heart disease later in life or depression later in life because, you know, my mom has this or my dad has this and it's genetic. I can't lose weight because it's genetic. And I mean, I'm aging myself here, but I mean, I did undergrad science, um, like 2001 to 2005, and we didn't learn about epigenetics then. It was very much like, these are your genes. This is what genes do. And it was when I went on to grad school and did my PhD that this whole world of epigenetics was kind of coming to more mainstream light. And it's really cool because what it means is that, you know, even though we're all born with a certain set of genes, right? We get half from our mom and half from our dad. We are actually very much in control over how our genes express themselves. So how our genes express themselves is, you know, how our 
how our bot, how pathology happens in our body, essentially. And we can control that. We can turn genes on and we can turn genes off. So just because you're born with a certain gene or you inherit something from your mom or dad or your, your sister has something or whatever, um, the way we think, the toxins in our life, who we surround ourselves with, our life experience, like it's, it's overwhelming a little bit, just how we can like modify our DNA, turn things on and turn things off. And I love it. Some people think it's a bit too much personal responsibility and I never want to shame anyone or be like, oh, you know, you have this disease, therefore it was your fault. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's never too late because just because something has happened in your life, um, you can turn that gene off. You can turn it back on, like depending on the disease in question. So it's pretty cool. And it just goes to show how powerful nature, lifestyle, mindset, it all is in our physical wellness. Oh, so incredibly inspiring. Um, Do you have a specific example? So say maybe an illness and then a specific factor that plays into the outcome of the illness that you can share? There's so many. Um, So my PhD research was really interesting because we were looking, so I did it in the Netherlands, um, which is a different story altogether why (laughs) I did that. But what was really neat about living in that country is they keep amazing data records. So there was a a subset of the population in the Netherlands that was exposed to something called the hunger winter in in World War II. And they kept incredible data. And it was really unique because this population of people went from being pretty well fed to having like a famine, like no food, <laughs> caloric restriction. And then when the war was over, going back to being well-fed. Um, so we can kind of track these changes. And it's really interesting to see how, like when I say caloric restriction, I mean, you know, the number of calories people were consuming and consequently how overweight people were, the disease risk. So they've done a lot of research on cancer, diabetes and heart disease in relation to like body weight and caloric intake which is really interesting. And I think some of the most recent research that might be interesting for someone like you and the work that you do is um, 9-11, which was you know so terrible. They, they are now tracking the children of the children. Okay, hold on. Got to contain my excitement here. It's not exciting. It's, it was a terrible thing, but like my enthusiasm and reined it in a little bit, but moms who were pregnant during 9-11, how the stress of the mom impacted the disease risk of the children later in life. So what? are those children who are in the womb during 9-11 and the mom got the news that her, her partner was, you know, killed? Um, how does that impact their stress and depression and anxiety later in life? So yeah, Crazy. It's, you know, stress. Uh, I think that's something really interesting happening right now in the world of epigenetics. And I mean, Bruce Lipton, I know you're familiar with Bruce Lipton, right? And Joe Dispenza, they've talked about this for a long time and um, actually get quite scientific about it in their research. Um, I know it's not super mainstream in the science world, but just how mindset, like what you think actually manifests. And this is kind of what they're talking about with respect to that. Whoa, that's a crazy case study. Thank you for sharing that. So (laughs) this, this is a huge paradigm shift for people to go from this is my fate to look at everything I can do to change the outcome, right? Yeah, yeah um, there's always something we can do. And I think that's just what's really empowering. So for me, Laura, I got diagnosed with asthma when I was 10. I remember we had to do these um, 15 minute runs at high school and I literally was like, healed over in the corner. I was so embarrassed. Everyone else could do it. Um, so my grandmother, asthma, uncle, asthma, this side, 
grandmother, father, aunt, asthma. So we're talking like a matrix of seven people here. So the funny thing is I got the asthma and my brother and sister didn't, okay? Mm. So here's these identical gene profiles. We have the same parents. Now here's something really interesting. I believe as the oldest child and just how I came through and my conditioning being the oldest, I had this belief, I can't cope. And it came out my whole life until maybe like a few years ago. And so it's interesting that if you think of the thought of I can't cope, what's the immediate body manifestation? You can't breathe, right? Whereas I think my sister and brother, that is not their core limiting belief. So my work through my mindset work has been a lot on the positive end of, you know, I breathe easily as gestures come at me. I know exactly how to handle them. And I'm starting to notice subtle changes in my breathing and the way I carry myself. I am not yet cured, but I believe I can get there. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I think we can talk about it in quite a simple way because that's, you know, as I said, you can always be doing something, which is, I think, really empowering. Some people can think that's overwhelming. But, you know, I think it's also important that it's a really complicated, the body is so complicated in such a miraculous way. Yeah. And I think, especially as people coming from medicine, there can be this desire to kind of, you know, break it down to like the one thing and it's it's never going to be the one thing, right? Yeah. Um, like our microbiome plays a huge part in it. Um, you know, what your mom was doing when she was pregnant plays a huge part in it. Like, it's interesting that, you know, your grandma had it, your dad had it. So there's something epigenetically you're, you're inheriting, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's what's interesting. You know, I, both examples I gave when you asked me that question involved like the second generation, mm-hmm. right? It was like the mums in the war or the mums in 9-11. But so we can inherit changes from our family and like issues from our family. But, you know, it can also be like happening right now. So this is when we see people who are maybe living in toxic situations, like environmentally, mm-hmm. who all of a sudden, you know, one part of that city has crazy high rates of cancer or autism or something like that. And that's when more like the local environment comes into play. Right. Um, But that was a little tangent, but back to what you were saying is like, yeah, I think what I love about you just as a person is you, even though you have, you had that core limiting belief, I think Mm -hmm. your inherent constitution is like, you'll always tip towards the positive. Um, Thank you. So yeah, I think it's, and how is your asthma now that you've kind of been focusing on that? Yeah, it's getting better. And I sometimes in life, I think we have to just call it like it is, which is, you know, if we have something going on in our life. So for example, me, I have a nine month old baby and my sleep's a bit lower. I just have to say this is temporary and I know my body can handle this, right? And not just kind of falter under conditions that come up and focus on everything else we can be doing, right? So it's like, I do feel a little bit better and I know when I'm sleeping better, that might just be the cake that takes it home, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a big piece there, which kind of pulls me back to you and your kind of really cool evolution across your personal and professional lifetime, which you came into, you know, your professional and academic world, all guns blazing with being a scientist. And then as you kind of, 
kept going on your journey. You kind of took this fusion program, naturopathic medicine. And on the other side, there's so much of you that's so spiritual and mama earth related. Can you tell me a little bit about that journey and how it unfolded and what inspired you? Yes. It's interesting looking back on it because up until I would say towards the end of my PhD, I wasn't really in tune at all with spirituality or, you know, the sacredness of Mother Earth. Um, I was very conditioned to, you know, science is the safe way to get a job. You know, science is like the way forward. You know, this is how I ended up, you know, getting my bachelor's, two masters, a PhD. And then, you know, (laughs) something has to give eventually, right? And this is like my body speaking up being like, this isn't, you aren't happy, Laura. Like you're too young to be sitting at a computer crunching data. and this can't be it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And then I had um, a situation with my father. He got sick really quickly. He just one day was sick. He ended up being diagnosed with kidney cancer and died two weeks later. So it was a huge wake up call for me. And I feel like astrologically, there's probably something going on because when you hit 30, you have something called the Saturn return, which basically forces you to kind of look at your life and ask yourself, is this where I want to be going? But of course, at the time, I had no idea anything about <laughs> astrology. Um, and that's, you know, I, I sat down with myself and asked myself, like, what do I, there has to be more to life than like getting cancer and dying in a hospital two weeks later with doctors who basically, I mean, I know they're incredibly overworked and incredibly, they, they do the best they can with what they have, but it was not a positive experience for my family at right. the best hospital in Toronto, right? Right. Um, so that's when I found naturopathic medicine. And I was like, oh, you mean I could be a doctor and, you know, do this? But as we kind of talked about, I think the naturopathic education, as much as I appreciate it for the people it brought into my life and just yeah. the journey that it kind of forced me on, it when I was thinking about this last week, it's kind of funny how the best naturopathic college in Canada is on the 401 in the middle of like a condo pod like why aren't we in the forest why aren't we talking to the plants like so in the middle of my naturopathic education that's when it it just it fell off again I'm like I wasn't in tune with my intuition yet I just knew something felt off and now here we are when did we graduate I mean a lot like four seven years later almost I'm finally kind of putting together the pieces but um I try not to separate the two so much anymore. Like for a long time, I think that was also kind of part of the problem. It's like, oh, I have this huge science background, but I'm being really pulled towards weird stuff like astrology and homeopathy and energy. And (laughs) there was a bit of an identity crisis. Like I was afraid to kind of step fully out of this magic closet. Yeah. And then I kept falling back on my my science because it was safe. Um, But when I think about science, I think science has been a little bit co-opted in our modern times. Like it's, you know, it's very political, it's very commercial. And the science that they talk about on the news isn't the science that I know, if that makes sense. And I think science is about inquiry and curiosity and just wonder. So when I'm in the natural world now, that's, those are the kind of energies I try to play with, as opposed to trying to prove something or, you know, prove evidence. So yeah, Yeah, in a roundabout way, that's my story. I've been scheming up something new for you with my friend and professional marketing coach, Kelsey Rydell. Your 2023 Business Leap is the highly anticipated program created by Kelsey Rydell, top-rated marketing coach, and Emily Elliott, professional mindset coach. It has had such a smashing success in round one 
that we will be offering Cohort 2 in May 2023. Your 2023 Business Leap is the most practical and effective way to get your small business amplified and earning in 2023 and beyond. Kelsey and Emily have worked with thousands of women, and now you can get 12 weeks of access to both of them alongside a group of Leapers. But don't sign up yet. First, I want to make sure that you're ready to master your entrepreneurial mindset and figure out a foolproof marketing strategy to connect you with unlimited clients in just 90 days. Take big leaps in your personal goals and professional goals. Yep, they're correlated. Through working to dissolve mindset blocks and holding you back. Use the language that attracts success and map out your goals alongside other big dreamers. Get step-by-step guidance for writing a marketing plan for your unique business, including how to convert clients on social media, how to build a simple sales funnel that converts, how to leverage Google and SEO to get more leads for your website, and how to identify trending topics in your industry. When you're surrounded by entrepreneurs just like you who are ready to 2x, 5x, or 10x their business, you will feel the power of community, support, and momentum. Your 2023 leap is going to save you time, energy, and money. This program is especially designed for nutritionists, naturopaths, personal trainers, energy workers, and other holistic practitioners and artists who are ready to generate big impact and create time, money, freedom. So don't wait a minute longer. Your 2023 leap is for 30 individuals who are ready to step in to something big and beautiful. Learn more at Kelsey rydell.com slash 2023 and check out the show notes. It's so good. And I like what you're saying about this whole idea of prove, prove yourself. Because a lot of even like one-to-one clients that I work with will say, you know, if I'm not smart, I'm not anything. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And we've learned through our society that if you're smart, you're revered, you're the best, you're in this hierarchy. But it's not actually true because as we know, science is always evolving. So that uh, science isn't even true. It's just something, a discipline you can stay afloat of, right? So the fact you made that connection, you said, here I am with science and I feel like I have something to prove. And what that does is shifts us out of our authentic self and into posturing, which you and I are no longer about. Like we will show up in our tie-dye pants and our whatever our version of professional is because we're not afraid to friggin' be ourselves. So I love how you chronicled alongside your journey what you were thinking and what you were feeling and how Sorry to say it, everyone, because this comes up for every single person going through the changes. Some people aren't going to like what you're going to do. And guess what? You just earned your stars because once (laughs) you have that, it means you're questioning the way things are. And here's something cool to think about. Those people you're pissing off might just be three years behind you. (laughs) 
because they're triggered. They're emotional. They're like, well, Laura thinks she can just go from being a scientist and crunching data all day to being on the beach, seeing her client. Like what? Yeah. They're triggered. Right. So yeah, it is cool to talk about this. These doctors, scientists, and lawyers that say, not for me anymore. Here I go this way. So thanks for sharing that. I think that'll be really inspirational to people. And I think especially like the lawyers, the doctors, the, the academics, if you like really sit down and like, look at your education and look at the way you've been trained, how much of that is you asking questions and you being curious and how much of it is you just doing what you're told to do? Cause that was also where I got to with my academic career and my naturopathic career, to be perfectly honest. It's like, this is the protocol, do it. And it's numbing. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I so numb? You know? Um, and don't get me wrong. Like I totally appreciate the need for like science. Yeah. You can't see my quotation marks and the, and doing big studies because it leads conversation. It, it guides us. Right. But there's something just really powerful about playing with the belief that we're all individuals and we all came to earth to experience earth differently. And that's, that's epigenetics, right? Like we don't all have the same epigenetics. So I kind of teach it to people also with the visual, like we have five senses, right? And that's why we were born in these human bodies with five senses is to interact with the world, to see things, to touch things, to smell things, to taste things. And all of those interactions with the natural world are informing our genes on like, okay, Jean, like you need to express this way so you you can be safe, or you need to express this way to adapt to this meadow that you're living in or whatever. And it is very primitive, but like literally every day that's, we're interacting with our environment, with our senses individually. So and expressing so, our genes individually. So we really need to get back to list like ourselves, and not in a selfish individualistic way, but just appreciating that sometimes following your heart <laughs> is a lot deeper conversation than, you know, thinking it's super fluffy. It's not, it's oh, how we're supposed to evolve. And, you know, even someone like you, you've developed so much, I hate the word authority, so I won't use that, but so much, um, skill and wisdom because you've, you know, traveled to India and seen how people are radically healed with homeopathy. And you've traveled across the world to witness like essential oil creation and how that helps like the physical, mental and emotional body. And you've been in naturopathic clinic for years to watch how our diet and our supplements start to improve vitality. So you're not just talking here from one small piece of the pie, like you've really immersed your mind, body, and soul in holistic healing. So um, do you have any little um, stories? It could be personal. It could be anything you want to share about how immersion in the natural world has really helped create radically improved outcomes for health and healing? Yeah. So I think it can actually be on two ends of the spectrum because I think often we look for these miraculous healing stories because as humans, we love, you know, we secretly deep, deep, deep down, you know, believe that we were born as these miraculous beings. And we want that evidence again, that it's possible to have some crazy illness or pathology and then the next day be better. Right. And I've seen that like in India, that's, so I went to India my third year at naturopathic school and it was a trip based only on homeopathy. They have a huge homeopathic medicine history in India and it's a very affordable form of medicine. And in India, you know, that's an issue for a lot of people. So there was like, Mm -hmm. I hate to use the word crazy, but like 
I'm just watching, like my mouth is on the floor watching these doctors interact with these patients who, you know, last week this guy had a stroke <laughs> and this week he's, um, you know, back in the farm field doing whatever, or like the, ch- the child who, you know, was three years old and <clears throat> never said a word. And then the mom brought him back for the follow-up appointment and he was speaking, like he'd always been speaking. And so I think there's those miraculous stories for sure. And that's actually what mm-hmm. led me to not practice homeopathy because I knew that I couldn't do it justice the way that they were doing it justice. And that's, yeah. I feel like that's how I try to live in integrity. I'm not just going to do something because it's cool or because right. <laughs> I've seen it. Um, but on the other side of the spectrum, I think it's people have, it's like a dearly miracle when someone tells me I actually slept last night and I didn't wake up. I felt well rested this morning. And oh. I think as you know, people maybe more, I work with a lot of people who life is fine. Life is good. And it's almost like they don't know how good it can be because they're operating, operating just at kind of baseline. It's very apathetic. Um, right. Like, yeah, like I'll try oils. I'll try this. Yeah, maybe I'll feel better. And then I asked them like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm doing a bit better. You know, I slept well last night. I'm like, you slept well last night. When was the last time you slept well? Whoa. Oh, wow. Like it's been five years. We need to celebrate the small miracles. I think, I think that's just as miraculous as, you know, the radical healing that we can see sometimes. Um, because that's, that's the spark sometimes that people need, like, oh, wow. Like if I slept well last night, how can I, what can I like, you know, what happens if I drink eight glasses of water a day? And then all of a sudden in two years, they look back on their life and it's totally different. And that's kind of what happened with me as well. And maybe you, I don't know, but I felt really apathetic and really like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I guess this is how it is. And looking back two years, five years, however many years I've come so far. And to me, that's miraculous. Oh, so good. You know, this is what people need. Sometimes the biggest mountain to change is the first step. All you have to do is take that first step. And once you take your first step, it's like this beautiful snowball. You're like just collecting more and more like grace and ease and health, right? So, you know, if you're not sleeping good or you feel really anxious, start with one thing. So I know something you and I share in common is we love um, lavender oil. And there's one we both have with the lavender and vanilla. And that is such a beautiful tool to help with sleep at night. And my nervous system totally veers towards wired. So having a tool at night that I can breathe in, I think I started that oil like seven years ago. And that was a big improvement for me with you talking here about the sleep. So yeah, I think start with one thing. If you're not doing great right now, you don't have to become like the king or queen of health over here. Just start and it will happen naturally through the snowball effect, right? Yeah. And then, you know, with you being doing like such beautiful mindset work, it's it's the like thought change of, oh, I still feel like this versus, wow, this changed for me you know, it's so subtle, but like, I can actually feel my body lift up when I tap into the second version versus the first version. And as a new mom, like you were just talking about, you know, this is a bit of a hard week and my my mind can go there too. Like I have a four month old, um, like, like, you know, he did this again, or I'm not, I'm this versus wow. You know, he slept for an extra hour last night. Versus, oh, I didn't get any sleep last night. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a it's a huge difference. It's so subtle, but it's a huge difference. And I think we have to really work on retraining our our thoughts. Yeah, when we notice the good, the good expands. Yeah, and that's never to 
spiritually bypassed because exactly. when you're in a crappy place, I firmly believe people just need to be like, this was shit. And yeah. just call it. Then I think what transforms person A from person B is the person who can say, this was shit. Just take a few breaths and be like, now what? Versus the person that's not going to be happy, healthy, or successful all day long. This is shit. This is shit. This is shit. Yeah, totally. So it's, it's that addiction to the negative. So I always tell people, feel your feelings. If you don't feel them, that's its own journey for not feeling well. hundred <laughs> percent. And then it's like, now what? So yeah. yeah. Laura, what do you think makes a person magnetic? I think it's the person that's not afraid to evolve. Because again, like we talked about at the very beginning, it's, it's you're giving people permission to start feeling safe to ask mm -hmm. questions about their own life. And in that conversation about evolving, like people who, I don't want to say know their limits, but like are humble in their evolution, like aren't afraid to admit, oh, <laughs> I went down that path and, you know, now that feels a bit sketchy. So I'm bringing myself back and isn't afraid to admit where they went wrong, what they would do differently, isn't afraid to admit their story, where they may have said something to someone. You know what I mean? Like it's evolution on all those levels, like. That was truly profound. I have not heard that answer yet. And I completely agree. It's, you know, if you're not moving with the current of life, you're stagnant. So I completely agree. And that was so well put. Thank you for Thank that. You. Um, okay. So I'm sure some people will want to connect with you after and hear more about, you know, your holistic uh, business. And if people are looking for oils like the lavender to help with nervous system changes, how do they find you? I'll put it in the show notes, but you can mention it here as well. Yeah, for sure. So in the spirit of evolution, I'm actually <laughs> evolving my business a little bit this year. So I've decided to come back more of a focus on the oils um, and helping people there just because after so many years of doing this and then kind of branching out a little bit more into like one-on-one -on -one coaching last year, I just realized what a powerful tool the oils are for like mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and just how quickly people get results and how many more people I can help at once doing that. So yeah. right now I'm just adapting my website to make it as simple as possible for people and have a whole bunch of new education and, and mentorship there. Um, so my website's offline at the moment, but I'm on Instagram. So Dr. Laura Hughes, Dr. Laura Hughes, I guess maybe you'll put it in the show notes. I will. Um, and yeah, just send me a DM there. And cool. if you, my podcast is still online. I think actually awesome. episode 15 is on epigenetics. Oh, I talk great. about it in a more, perfect, more of like a broader conversation around that. So awesome. yeah, they can check that out too. So check out the podcast and you can find Laura on Instagram. Actually, I have to come full circle here with our chat. Um, you sing your podcast. I honestly think you might have been the first person when you said so I'm launching a podcast and I got that excited fire in my belly I was like oh my gosh me too one day you know <laughs> and you never want to like trump your friend's excitement and be like I want that too but so I just like held space for you but I do think you might have ignited the fire for me so that was cool that it. you just closed with that <laughs> well I have to say to you just to reflect it back that you are the most consistent person I know with podcasts. Like when you asked me to be on your podcast, this was back in the fall. Yeah. And you're like, how about we do our interview in March? I'm like, oh my God, like, do you have that many interviews booked <laughs> with people? Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I love my podcast. It's definitely been, um, 
like a little soul project, but I have not been consistent the past year with it. And you've really inspired me just to sit down again and maybe be a little bit more organized with it and get some more episodes out. So, Oh, thank you. I so appreciate that. There's just something about being able to use your voice. And I think that's been a big part of our life journey, being conditioned to be the good girl, the nice girl, follow the um, track. And then being able to now just kind of talk about different ways, you know? So I think it's, it's a very powerful healing tool for a lot of people who have across their lifetime been told to be quiet, be nice and sit down. Interestingly, lavender is the energetically is the oil of communication and like the throat chakra. So maybe seven years of using lavender (laughs) has supported you on this evolution. I mean, I've always credit plant medicines for all the beautiful things. So thank you, Laura. That was wonderful. And to everyone listening, so grateful for you and see you in the next one.